Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Okay. Now, before we look into the Word of God this evening, and uh, even as we started the offline service, praise God that we can come together, even though we are just a few of us, and uh, the rest of our beloved ones are watching us online. But we praise God, and uh, something as we were worshiping the Lord. Uh, this evening, uh, what the Lord was laying on my heart is uh, to not despise the day of small beginnings. And now it might look as if we are just a handful of people here, but then God always starts His greatest work in a very, very small and in its insignificant way. And praise God, I would say that each one of us that are gathered here, we are the fortunate ones because we are the seed that God is planting and through which a great harvest is going to come. You know, when Moses uh, was floating in the basket on the river Nile as a baby was floating and when Pharaoh's daughter picked him up, she never realized that she was picking up a man who was going to shake the powerful nation of Egypt. You know, when Jesus was born and in that manger, uh, you know, the only people that were there to witness were the animals. There were no other person there to witness the birth of the Savior of the world. Now today, you know, we may just be a few people that are here, but I want to encourage each one of us to not be discouraged. It is God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, the Lord is going to build his church and God uses very simple, ordinary people to accomplish the greatest extraordinary works that we can ever see. Okay, shall we look to the Lord in prayer as we get ready to listen to the word? Father, speak to us this evening time. Lord, we know that Lord, you have sent here, sent us here. Thank you for this place, Lord, that you've given us, that we can gather together, Lord. Thank you that we can start the offline service and we believe in the days to come, Lord. Lord, many young lives are going to come to Manipal to study, are going to leave this place, not just with an academic degree, but they're going to carry the Savior in their lives, Lord. They're going to take with them the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with them, Lord. And they're going to go back to their places carrying the fire of the Holy Ghost burning on the inside, Father. Lord, we want to thank you for the few of us that are gathered here. Lord, we are the privileged few people that, Lord, you have been decided to start this work, Lord. And we thank you 
Lord, for what you're going to do, Father. Thank you even right now as we're going to continue looking at the word of God. Lord, about you know walking under the authority, the spiritual authorities, staying under the spiritual authorities, speak to our hearts, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs> <coughs> we have been looking at the you know another series of you know coming under authority and we have been specifically looking at walking under spiritual authority and today let me continue looking at that same subject of walking under spiritual authority because it's a very very important subject and there's a lot of blessings involved in that now let me recap some of the things we saw under walking under spiritual authority and before we go further on we see that submission to authority is something that we find in the office of the triune god you know the father uh, jesus was submissive to his heavenly father the holy spirit was submissive to jesus uh, and the father and then we also see that whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, we see everybody, including the kings, were under spiritual authorities. Now, if you are a believer, then it's very important that you should come under the covering of a spiritual leader. You cannot stay out of the covering of a spiritual leader. There is blessings, there is long life, and there's protection when we stay under the cover of the leader. And it's God who places us under the right leadership, and we cannot walk out unless there is a genuine spiritual reason. And then we also saw how our spiritual inheritance comes from our spiritual fathers. <clears throat> we don't have any right to speak against the leader because we will bring ourselves under the judgment of God. You know, we are not called to expose our leader's flaws or nakedness, but it's our responsibility to protect them and cover them. <clears throat> And we saw that under the God-appointed leadership, what happens is we are seasoned. We get seasoned there for greater works, just like wine that is made. The longer the wine stays underground, it gets seasoned. You know, we do not fizzle out in a short time. And uh, it's important that we need to pray for our leaders. And the reason we need to pray is their blessing and their anointing is our blessing and our anointing. Their downfall is our downfall. So when we stay under the cover, something miraculous happens. And you know, uh, God can bring a transformation. God can bring a change. You know, last uh, the last time I spoke about Last week I spoke about how, you know, those uh, 400 men came under the leadership of David. They were in debt, they were discouraged, they were depressed, they were going through all kinds of failures. But later on, you know, we, we see that they stuck on with David. Something 
thing happened over there. You know, the anointing from David began to flow and they ended up as the mighty men. The Bible records as the mighty men of David. They became giants. You know, they became mighty men. You know, great exploits they were able to accomplish because they stuck to David. Now let's move on and let's look at what God wants to speak us to us today evening. Let me take you to the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. It says over there, it was Jesus who gave some to be the apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, this passage talks about the fivefold ministries that we find in the church, namely the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And then it says that if you look in that passage, it says it is Jesus who gave. In other words, it is God is the one who has appointed them in the church. Now, that means that these are not any man-made appointments. We got to understand this. This is not any man-made appointment, but these are divine appointments and God gave them as gifts to the church. Let me take you to another passage. The book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 4. Look at what it says over there. No one takes his honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. You see, Aaron was appointed by God to be the high priest. You know, no one can take this ministry or this office upon themselves. You see, no one can one fine day get up and say, I'm going to get into one of these offices. You know, they can't just come up and say, I'm going to be the pastor. I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to be an apostle. Why? Because these are divine appointments. You see, the point that I want to drive across is spiritual authorities that are there in our life are divine appointments. So if they are divine appointments, that means we got to take them seriously in our life. And the way we honor our spiritual authorities reflects the way we honor God. It directly is proportional to honoring God when we honor the spiritual authorities. So never ever take your spiritual leader for granted. You know, in some churches, what happens is the pastor becomes a scapegoat or the sacrificial lamb for the altar. You know, everything is blamed on the pastor. You see, the church board, in some of the churches, you will notice that it's the church board that decides whom they should appoint as the pastor or whom should they should throw out. You know, the pastor's got to dance according to the tune of the board or maybe some rich member because they control the finances of the pastor. You know, in some churches, they don't give them the respect that they would give to the maids working in their homes. Because if the maid doesn't come home, they are in deep trouble. 
But it's okay, they can take the pastor for granted. You know, these same people who do not respect their spiritual authorities will not do that with the authorities in the world because they can land in trouble. See, God was appointed. Now, remember this. If God was divinely appointed, his authorities is also watching over them. He's watching over them. God is watching on how you and I treat his authorities. He will bless you or judge you based on the way you treat your spiritual authorities. Let me take you to something, a passage. First Timothy chapter 5 verses 17 and 18. <coughs> Look at what it says over there. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Look at what it says over there. The elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is spreading out the grain and the worker deserves his wages. You know, our spiritual leaders are worthy of double honor. Now, this is talking about you know, the whole passage is talking about taking care of their physical and their spiritual needs. You know what it means? You know, if you put it in a common man's language, it means if you're going to have one ice cream, you've got to give him two ice creams. That's what it means, double honor. In fact, we need to give them more honor than we would honor the president of the nation. Why? Why should we do that? Because these are men of God teaching us the very eternal counsel of God. They teach us the very eternal counsel of God. You know what the world teaches us or what the world has to give to us is only to the grave. There's nothing beyond the grave. What we learn from our spiritual leaders has eternal value. We got to know that. We need to give them the same respect and the honor that we would give to our earthly parents, if not more. Now, in fact, I always say this, we need to honor them more than our earthly parents, because whatever good our earthly parents do is only to the grave, unless they're teaching us eternal things. Okay, but our spiritual fathers and our spiritual leaders, what they give us is of eternal value. It takes us into eternity. So, <clears throat> it is our responsibility to provide for the needs of our spiritual leaders. As much as they take care of our spiritual needs, it's important we need to take care of their physical needs. In the Old Testament, if we study the Old Testament, <clears throat> The Israelites would pay 23.3% of the income as tithes to God. Now many times we think when we pay 10% as tithes, we think that's a big thing that we are doing. Absolutely not. You know, the Israelites would give a lot more and that's in the Old Testament and, in the, and they were following the law. Now we are in the period of grace where we are supposed to do much higher than what they do. Now out of this 23.3%, 10% would, would go for the maintenance of the temple, 
10% would be set aside for the Levites and the priests who serve God in the temple. And then there was a 3%, that is once in three years, they have to pay an additional 10% tithe, which would be used to take care of the poor and the needy. That's how it comes to 23.3%. Now what we see here is in the Old Testament, God, God made it very clear that the Levites should not suffer because they are serving God. The Levites were the Jewish tribe that was exclusively meant to do ministry in the temple. They should not suffer because they are serving God. They should be taken. So 10% of an Israelite income would be used to take care of the needs of the Levites. Now let me tell you this. <clears throat> Churches and nations that take care of their spiritual authorities and honor them are the ones that are really blessed. Now I was listening to a missionary who was sharing his experiences in a large church in South Africa where he went to minister. This is what he said. He said the pastor of that church lives in the most expensive house and drives the most expensive car that was given to him by the church. Okay, and okay, this is what he was saying. He says, the believers in that church, the people of that church believe if the man of God is blessed, if their spiritual leader is blessed, then we are blessed. That's what they say. And he goes on to say, that he saw literally, you know, blessings. He saw the members of the church were literally blessed because they blessed and honored the man of God. He says many of them are prospering, you know, extremely doing well. That's what he was saying. That was his observation when he went to minister in that church. And what is the reason? The reason is they honored their leader. They honored the man of God that God has placed over them. But the problem in our country is we've got a very wrong philosophy which has crept into our churches. You know, in many Indian churches, they believe that the man of God, if you're a man of God, if you're a pastor, if you're an evangelist, you should live a very simple life. You know, there's a wrong concept that they should wear. If you're a man of God, you've got to wear simple clothes, live in a very simple house. They should not enjoy or they should not have the comforts of life. If the man of God sleeps on the floor, He's all the more spiritual. He's considered very spiritual. If the, but if the man of God buys a big car, he's worldly. That's how they look at it. But if others buy a big car in the church, praise God, God has blessed them. That's how they look at it. You know, you see, everybody can eat in an expensive hotel. But if a man of God does that, he's considered a glutton. You know, he is always supposed to, what is he supposed to be doing? Always fasting and praying while the rest of the church will be feasting. That's how it is. That's how that kind of a wrong philosophy has crept into our churches. Now, I've come across this attitude in many churches. You know, I know so many men of God who suffer because of this narrow kind of thinking of the people. It's a very restricted 
kind of a very negative kind of a thinking. Now let me tell you, I would say that this kind of a thinking is a curse and stops God's blessings from coming down. Many years back, I remember this uh, one senior, the senior man of God, you know, called me. He calls me up for suggestions to buy a new car. His car had really got old and uh, he was thinking of going for a new car. So I, I suggested, I said, why don't you, uncle, why don't you go for a little more better and a little more expensive car? And the interesting fact is that this man of God was buying his car not from the money that was taken from the church, but his children were sponsoring, his children were buying it for him. As soon as I said, why don't you go for a better and a little more expensive car? He goes on the defensive and he says, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I said, why? And he says, that's enough for people to talk all kinds of things about me. This was his own children who were sponsoring and they were paying for it. You know, let me tell you, I felt so sad when I heard it. Because... It showed the mindset of the believers. You know, when we, when can we, the question is, when can we change our mindset about the poverty kind of a life that our spiritual leaders should lead? You know, the day we change is the day the Lord is going to bless us. That's when the Lord is going to bless us. You know, I learned this experience, I learned this precious lesson from my mother who's gone to be with the Lord. She was a woman who would always honor the men of God with the best. She would always give the best for them. You know, even if we have to starve, it is okay, but the men of God need to have food. Now, let me tell you, I know that today, many of the blessings that we have received is because of the way my mother honored men of God. Let me take you to a passage. It's a long passage, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 10 to 15. Let me read that. Elijah went to Zarephath. A widow was there. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord, until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Now this is a story about when there was a famine in Israel. Here was this widow getting ready to have a last supper and then die along with her son. And that's when Elijah the man of God steps into her life. 
He says, you know what he says is? First, get me some bread. That's what he says. First, get me some bread and then see what happens. You know, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the widow and thinking, what would I do if I was in a similar situation? Would I do what the widow did? Now, maybe if we would have watched, you know, uh, people being given relief during a famine or during a natural calamity when food packets are distributed or even during this pandemic period of time when many lost their jobs and people you know there's a mad uh, rush for the food packet there's absolutely no order there's complete chaos people are jumping over each other they'll be jumping over each other pushing down because they get desperate for food. That's one of the basic necessities of life. You know, people get desperate to get it. You know, all ethics, all decencies will go out of the window because it's a fight for survival. The basic need of a man. So let me tell you, I don't know if I was in the widow's place, I would have trusted the words of Elijah at that because it's very difficult. You know, this is the last meal, the last supper that me and my son is going to eat and then we're going to die. Praise God. This widow was willing to honor the man of God and give him the first bread. Though she was not sure if she and her son would get to eat the last meal. She was not sure about it, but still she was willing to let go and give the man of God the first bread. The Bible says, what does the Bible say? She never lacked food to the end of the family. She never lacked. You know, when we learn to honor our spiritual leaders, like the widow did, let me tell you, our flower, you know, the, uh, the, our jug of flour and the jug of oil will never run dry. It will never run dry. The key to your provision even in the midst of famine, is to take care of your spiritual leader. That is the key. Because when you take care, you're honoring God. And I've seen this in the lives of everyone who have honored their spiritual leader. It's a sign that we are honoring God and God will never let us down. You know, God, you know, spiritual leaders are God's ambassadors. They're God's representatives. So when we honor them, we're honoring God. And God will never let us down. You know, one pastor, you know, uh, one pastor, a close friend of mine, a very, very successful pastor in a big city of a very large church was sharing this with me on how he honors his spiritual leader or his spiritual father. And this is what he told me. He says, every time I go to visit my spiritual father, I always carry a very big gift with me. You know, and he says, even though my spiritual father may not say thanks, it's okay. He says, but if he's happy in his heart, you know, if his heart is happy, he says, that itself is a blessing for me. He says, I want to, this is what he said, I want to make my spiritual father's heart happy. I want to make him happy. He says, his happiness is my blessing. And if he's grieved, it can become a curse for me. 
That's why I always tell people, never grieve your spiritual leader. Because if they are grieved, that is a curse. That is a curse for us. You know, but if they are happy, that's a blessing for us. Let me show you something from the Bible. Now, I'm not sharing something from my pocket. I'm going to back up all this from the Word of God. You know, Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 to 4. Let's look at that passage. When Isaac was old, <clears throat> and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his oldest son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then get your weapons, your quiver and bow. Go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Look at that passage. See, Isaac was old and it was time for him to die. And he wanted to bless his oldest son Esau, which was the, 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 the traditional way. The elder son would receive the inheritance, the blessings from the father. And he wanted to do that before he died. And this blessing was very, very important that the father would give to his son. Because that blessing would carry with it all of God's promises. Everything that God promised to Abraham was come to that has come to Isaac was now going to go to Esau when he was going to pronounce that blessing. Now what does he say? Look at what he says. He doesn't say Esau go spend some time in fasting and prayer and then come I'm going to pray for you and bless you. No, he doesn't say that. We might have done that. He says I want to give you my blessing but go spend a few days in fasting and prayer. He says go and prepare the food that I like says prepare the food the tasty food that I like and he says after I finish eating I will bless you after I eat finish eating I will bless you you know let me tell you tell somebody you know blessing comes only after eating not after fasting and prayer okay so what is he saying after I, you know, what is he saying? This is a spiritual principle here we got to understand. What Isaac was saying is, you first make me happy. First satisfy my heart. You know, when I'm happy, then I can bless you. Then I can bless you. In other words, your spiritual father's happiness is a blessing for you. Your spiritual father's happiness is a blessing for you. When you learn to make their hearts happy, even if they don't pronounce a blessing, but there is a blessing that comes your way. There is a blessing that comes your way. Of course, the story goes on. I know if you read further on, we know that Jacob deceived and took away that blessing before Esau could receive that blessing. <coughs> You know, I always tell people in the church that I pass the young people when they leave that place and wherever they are placed, I say, take care of your spiritual shepherd wherever you are placed. You know, whenever I tell them when you go to visit your spiritual father or your spiritual leader's house, never go empty-handed. Carry a gift with you. Bless them generously. <clears throat> And many of them do that wherever they are. They are all over the world and they do that. Now in one place, 
in one of the cities where some of our young people had moved because of their uh, jobs and their professional and they were part of this particular church. Now what they did was, one day these young people who were part of our church in Mangalore took their pastor there and his family out to a very expensive restaurant. You know, they pulled in money, they bought gifts for his children and also gave a big financial gift for that pastor. Do you know what happened? You know, when they did all this for the pastor and his family, the pastor and his wife became very emotional. And this is what they said. They said, never has any church member ever done this to us thus far. This is what he said. Now, when our young people shared it with me, my heart was broken. Do you know why? You know, I know that church had many, many very well-to-do people who have been part of that church for a long time. But it took a bunch of young people who had just begun to work, just begun their career to honor this man of God. You know, it's so important to honor men of God. You know, the sacrifices that they have made. And I always say this, I'm one of those few blessed pastors because the people in my church really take care of me. And uh, they love us as a family. And oftentimes they've gone out of their ways to take care of us. And I know, I've seen the blessings flowing into their lives. And I know the Lord honored them for what they have done for us. And there are lots of people who have done this. And I see some of the sacrifices, the way they do for us is mind-boggling. But I see, I see impossible doors opening up in their lives just because of what they have done for us. You know, when they do for us, they're doing it for God. And my desire is that wherever God places each one of us, that we would take care of our spiritual leaders. Some years back, I would say many years back, uh, there was this young girl who used to be part of the church in Bangalore and uh, she got married, she went to another country and a few years later she had come down and this girl never bothered to give us a call or even visit us. We had really taken care of her, we stood with her during our difficult days. Now, when she didn't do that, personally it was very painful. One day as I was in the presence of God, spending time with God, you know, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord asked me this question, son, why did you get hurt so much? I said, Lord, I don't know, but it's very painful that I never heard from this girl. You know, we have done so much for her. We loved her so much and she never bothered to call us up. But she called everybody else. You know, the Lord answered. He said, Lord said, do you know why you got hurt? He said, it was because you were a spiritual father to her. And it's a pain of a father which nobody will ever understand. Now, I felt very good when I heard it. I thought, Thank God, at least the Lord understood me. But what came next blew me. 
You see, remember this every time the Lord asks you a question, get ready for something profound is coming your way. Every time, you know, you want to do a, you want to do a great study from the Bible, pick up every question that God asked in the Bible and there's a profound uh, message that you can learn from that. Every place that God asks questions, starting with the book of Genesis, you know, with Adam and Eve, the first question that God asked Adam and Eve, Adam, where are you? Starting with that, you know, you studied that, that itself, you know, all those questions that God asks in the Bible is a profound learning experience. So every time the Lord asks you a question, get ready, there is something big that's coming your way. So the Lord asked me this question, how do you treat your spiritual father? That was a question the Lord asked me. What have you done for your spiritual father as an act of gratitude? Well, I was caught unawares. I said, Lord, I pray for my spiritual father. I honor him. Then the next question the Lord asked me is, where is the proof that you honor him? Where is the proof that you honor him? I was speechless. As I look back, there's absolutely no evidence of me honoring my spiritual father. I asked the Lord, Lord, I didn't know what to do. I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord specifically spoke to me. The Lord said, what did you set apart a certain portion of all your blessings and blessings? Now, this is your way of honoring the spiritual father that I've given you. Ever since then, and we have been doing it. I've been doing it as a family. And it's not because my spiritual leader needed my whatever I wanted to give him. But it was my act of honoring God placing the spiritual leader over my life. You know? Now, you see, whenever I travel to different places, I do a lot of observations about the spiritual environment. I ask a lot of questions about the churches, the challenges that they face, uh, the way the pastors are treated. And I've discovered this. The places where they honor the men of God, I've seen God's favor on them. And the churches where their pastors are honored are the churches that are growing and the people are also prospering. And one of the things I notice and appreciate, especially in the state of Tamil Nadu, is the respect and the honor that they give to the men of God over there. For them, if they go hungry, that's fine. But their pastor should always have the best food. And one of the reasons for the great move of God in the state of Tamil Nadu is because of the way they honor their leaders. It is finding favor in God's sight. You know, they will not do anything without consulting with their pastor. They will not do. The first person who will know what is happening in their life will be the pastor over there. Your spiritual leader is worthy of double honor. The spiritual leader is worthy of double honor. The question that I want to ask is, have you submitted yourself to your spiritual leader? You know, the question, have you, you know, let me put it this way. 
Have you fully submitted yourself to him? Is your leader aware of what's happening in your life? Now quite often in many churches I've noticed this. The last person will get to know what is happening in a person's life is the pastor. He should be the first person to know what is happening in your life. Do you share your plans with him? Is your leader aware of the struggles and the problems that you are passing through in your life? Do you seek his spiritual guidance before you make any decision? Or do you do this without even your leader knowing about it? Quite often, what happens is after the decision is made, they come and give information to their leader. They say, you know, this is what we are going to do. No. You've got to talk to them before you take a decision. Not after you have made your decision. Remember, God has placed him over you to watch over your life. You know, I've heard people say this. You know, they tell you, don't share everything with the pastor. Don't share it. You know, very selective sharing with the pastor. Everything is, uh, what do you call, filtered and what? is safe is the only thing that is brought before the pastor and we know what they say no no if you tell him he might go and tell others about it like if the pastor tell others about what you share then God will hold him responsible for that that's not your problem but when we share it when we share our life when you open up our life when we are transparent before our leader we are honoring him and acknowledging him as our leader when we honor them God honors us God honors us is our life transparent before our leader have we given the leader the, the right to ask questions in our life including those very uncomfortable ones do we give our leader the right to ask those very uncomfortable questions in our life are we accountable to them see it's not easy it's not when we give them that permission they ask those difficult questions those uncomfortable we may not be very comfortable with that but there is a safety in it there is a safety in it. You see, God has placed spiritual authorities for our protection. Many times, we are like the sheep. And everything, you see, everything looks good in our eyes. But only the shepherd will be able to discern what is right and wrong. I always say this, you know, I tell believers, before you go for any spiritual meeting or any activity, always inform your leader and only go if they approve of it. If they approve of it. You know, today, there are many, you know, especially online, all kinds of meetings are happening. All kinds of meetings are happening. But be careful. Be very careful. You know, find out from your leader, is it okay to attend these meetings? You know, there are many ministries but they are nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing. You will not be able to differentiate them. In fact, let me tell you, they will look more spiritual, more anointed than your pastor. But they are out there only to tear you to pieces. 
You see, I've seen people, they go through these bad experiences, you know, and then what happens? Because they don't inform the pastor, they go and once they, you know, they go through those bad experiences, then they come running back to the pastor after they hit very badly. You can avoid these dangers if you consult your leader. But Jesus never did anything unless he consulted his father. He never did anything. Even at the, the wedding at Cana, when his mother Mary told the wine has run out, do something about it. He says, my time has not come. Basically what he was saying is, I have not heard from my father. And my father has not given me permission. Could Jesus, could I be done the miracle? Yes, he could have done the miracle, but he did not hear from the father. After he heard from the father, then he did that miracle. Let's follow what Jesus said. Let me take it to the book of Acts chapter 20 verses 28 to 31. This is Paul saying, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. This is Apostle Paul in his farewell speech to the elders and the believers of Ephesus. He's warning them. So what does he say there? He says, once he is gone, he notices time has come to leave. He says, once he's gone, he says, savage wounds are going to come in the midst of them to tear apart the believers. You know, Paul says, what does he say? As long as he is there, they cannot come. Do you know that? He says, see, as long as I've been there, these wounds could not touch you guys. Because the protection of the leader over their lives, as long as you stay very close to your leader, the wounds cannot hurt you, get you. Now, Jesus uses the terminology of the sheep to refer to the believers. Do you know why? Sheep by nature are the dumbest animals that you can ever come across. They don't know where they are going. They can be easily misled. That's why the sheep always needs a shepherd to guide them and also to guard them. Sheep always need a shepherd. They cannot uh, go on, you know, they cannot run their own life. Sometimes, what happens is some of the sheep think they are smarter than the others. You know, they have this adventurous spirit in them. They like to venture where no sheep has ever been before. They go a little away from the rest of the flock thinking that there are greener pastures over there. But they don't realize that there is a wolf hiding in the bushes to get it. They don't realize that. You see, when a wolf or a wild animal wants to attack its prey, they employ a wonderful strategy. But what they do is they wait patiently for that one smart sheep which strays off the flock. That's what it does. And when it is at a considerable distance away from the rest of the flock, 
the first thing the wild animal does is it comes in between and cuts off its escape route. You know, I, you know, and what it does is it comes in between and between the flock and the sheep and makes the sheep run in the opposite direction. And the further it goes away from the flock, it becomes easier a target for the wild animal. It's the same strategy the devil will employ to get at the believers. The further you go away from the church, the further you go away from the leaders, it becomes easier for the devil to tear you into pieces. That's why I say stay close, very close to your leader for your own safety and protection. Stay very close. Let me close with this real life story. Many years back, there was this young man from the state of Kerala who became a missionary. Few years later, he found the woman that God was bringing into his life as his life partner and the day of marriage was fixed. Now this young man, uh, you know, the day of wedding came. You know, in those days, those early days, uh, those who were missionaries or those who were in the ministry in Kerala would always wear a dhoti, a white dhoti or mundu, what they call as. Now this young missionary, this young man, it was his life's dream to wear a pair of trousers. So he decided that he would do it for his wedding. The day arrived, he got a pair of black trousers ready. He wore them along with his white shirt, the white shirt, and came for his marriage to the church. But his pastor was a, a typical old conservative man from Kerala. Now when he saw this young man in his trousers, he was very upset. He told the young man, he said, unless you remove those trousers and wear a white dhoti, I'm not going to solemnize your wedding. Now this young missionary thought for a while. Is there anything wrong in wearing those trousers? Is it there anything sinful? Absolutely not. He thought for a while. He said, if I would take this matter up, if I share it with the other young people in the church, he knew that they would all support him and stand with his decision. But he also realized, on the other hand, if he did that, he would grieve his pastor's heart. He did not want to grieve his pastor's heart. And there was not enough time for him to get back home to get a white dhoti. Now he shared his dilemma with his brother, elder brother. He said, I need a white dhoti. So what his elder brother did was, there was this white tablecloth that was spread on the table for the dining purposes, dining table. His brother pulled out one of those white tablecloths and gave it to him. This young man used that white cloth as a dhoti for his marriage. The only reason he did that, it was not about right and wrong, it was not about sin or no sin. The only reason he did that was he did not want to offend his pastor's feelings. He did not want to offend his pastor's feelings. I want to tell you, this young, young man is one of my favorite heroes of today. I do not know if you heard his name. His name is Pastor M. Paulos. 
uh, a living martyr for Jesus. Recently went to be with the Lord, passed away. He suffered a lot for the sake of the gospel in a place called Rameshwaram in Tamil Nadu. It's an island where, where very the closest place that comes to Sri Lanka. It's an island that many, many men of God have been martyred for the gospel. But he and his wife, they suffered a lot there. A lot they've suffered. Beaten up very badly. He almost died many times. They stood faithfully, suffered and served the Lord over there. The Lord blessed them with a church of more than a thousand people. He built a high school, built a stadium to be used as a church. And you know what he says? He says, I have received all these blessings because I was careful not to hurt the feelings of my shepherd. I was careful not to hurt the feelings of my shepherd. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Even as we heard this evening, Our spiritual leaders are appointed divine appointments that God places for our good. Let us be careful to honor them, take care of them, and see that we do not hurt their feelings. There is a blessing that comes upon us. Let us make a commitment this evening time. Wherever God places us, that we will be accountable to our spiritual leader. We will be transparent to our spiritual leader. We will have a close relationship with our spiritual leader. We will not stay far away from them, but we'll have a close relationship with our spiritual leader. And we will honor them. Whatever God has given us, we will honor them and bless them. When we do that, God blesses us. Father, we want to thank you for speaking to us this evening. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how important it is that we would honor and respect our spiritual leaders. We would be accountable to them. We would have a close relationship with them, Father. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.